0: to
1: Hello, I am mischievous Mark Janacchio, and I own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, including Amazing Fantasy XV. So naturally, those all count.
0: Hello, I'm Dapper Dan Gavazdin, and I own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, including the annuals, which I say count, but... My opinion on that is irrelevant in, in the shadow of Mark's owning of Amazing Fantasy 15. Really, Mark, you own Amazing Fantasy 15, but really you owned me with that purchase. <laughs> so for me, Amazing Fantasy 15 remains a fantasy. Thank you everybody for joining us for the eighth episode of season six of the Amazing Spider Talk, the show where two fans and collectors uncover the strange fun and fascinating history of the spider-man comic universe
1: if you want to swing along with us on our journey through spidey's past present and future subscribe to amazing spider talk on your favorite podcast app
0: this podcast exists because of the support of our patreon members if you want to receive early episodes exclusive artwork and keep our podcast going go to amazingspidertalk.com there's a big button that says patreon click on it. It'll take you right on over to our Patreon. That's AmazingSpiderTalk.com.
1: Yeah, Dan, and every episode of the season features artwork by comic artist Nick Cagnetti, and that too is available to our Patreon members. It is unlettered and in stunning high resolution.
0: In this season of The Amazing Spider-Talk, we're going back to the mid-80s when the Amazing Spider-Man title was handed over to one of the most legendary creative pairings in comics, who were only just starting their creative partnership. That's Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends. It was a time of immense change in the comics industry, but together Tom and Ron returned Spider-Man to its Ditko-inspired roots to create one of the most beloved runs on the title.
1: But don't be mistaken. Because on this episode, we're actually going to be talking about more Spider-Man stories by Roger Stern. Wait, what? Have we gotten back a season? No. We're going to be talking about Spider-Man's time, joining up with the Avengers during Roger Stern's run on that title. And again, asking the question, Is it time for Spider-Man to join the Avengers? You know, that old chestnut, Dan. That's right, Mark. And
0: if you'd like to follow along with our discussion, we'll be talking about two issues of Avengers in particular, specifically issues number 236 and 237. Uh, I think it's fair to say that these two issues can be read without any knowledge of Roger Stern's longer Avengers run, especially if you've seen the movies. They can be kind of read as a sort of like part of the end of Stern's Spider-Man run. In, in the past, we've also talked about previous attempts by Spider-Man to join the Avengers, particularly during our first season of the show. But you should expect us to mention Avengers number 11, where Spider-Man shows up and saves the Avengers from an evil Spider-Man robot. And Amazing Spider-Man Annual number three, Spider-Man's first proper tryout for the Avengers. But Mark, we're talking about Roger Stern's Avengers numbers 236 and 237. Tell us a little bit about these two comics and what makes them special. Sure thing,
1: Dan. Well, it's worth noting, I mean, you know, in in the timeline of Marvel that technically these two comics came out at the very tail's end of Roger Stern's tenure on Amazing Spider-Man. It was July 1983, give or take. So that's about six months before the DeFalco Friends run kicked off. So, you know, just in case you, uh, you know, no prize folks out there want to kind of bust on us for for. Literally going back in time, I guess, on our show. But, 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 uh, but, I mean, you know, Stern was winding down. You know, he was doing weird stuff with the Hobgoblin at this point and Wilson Fisk. So, whatever. He, he, he was, he was trying to put a cap on things. And then he would end up going on to basically really focus his attentions on the Avengers. He, he Stern ended up leaving Amazing Spider Man a few months after this because he had quote unquote editorial differences with Danny Fingeroth. Funnily enough, when Stern was on The Avengers, he continued on that book until about 1987. And then he had editorial differences with Mark Grunewald. And Grunewald actually fired Stern and he went to DC and started writing Superman. So, oops. Uh, We love you, Raj. Most fans feel like (laughs) Stern's Avengers actually really started to take shape around 1985 when it was his sole focus because he was kind of working on both ASM and Avengers at the same time. Just a shout out to Avengers Under Siege. Uh, from mid nineteen eighty six, that's more or less considered Stern's like magnum opus on the title. Probably the best Avengers story of the Bronze Age. It's basically the Masters of Evil take over uh, Avengers Mansion, and they 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 torment poor Jarvis. Dan, I mean, you know what what is more sinister than that? They like torture <laughs> Jarvis. They rip up like Captain America's like childhood photos. I mean, it's it's really like like wow, like they're the the. the Zemo, uh, you know B- B- Baron Zemo, and and the Masters of Evil really taking it to the Avengers. Anyway, as Dan mentioned in our intro, of course Spider Man has been featured as Avengers Curious as early as Amazing Spider Man Annual Number no. Three and Avengers Number no. Eleven. You know they reached out to him, but then he ultimately turns them down uh, for membership because you know he's a loner, can't can't do things with other people. But then in terms of this story itself, the seeds were planted uh, a couple of years earlier in Avengers 221, which was written by Jim Shooter, our good friend David Michelinie and artist Bob Hall. And and once that's the I'm trying to describe the cover, it's it's pick two and it's got a bunch of headshots of different heroes. And, you know, the Avengers are are restocking their ranks because they've had some some, uh, uh, you know, some Avengers kind of go off and do other things. And at one point, Thor invites Spider-Man to the team. Spider-Man doesn't say no, but he doesn't say yes. And then they end up uh, giving spots back to Hawkeye, Yawn, and then the new the new thing, She-Hulk. So it's worth noting when Spider-Man references Thor's invitation in Avengers 236 here, that's where it all comes from. So that's kind of the, the setup here. Do you want to do you want to start getting into the story itself, then, or your thoughts, or do you want to touch on anything in, the, in my preamble here? What's you know, go go for it.
0: Sure. Well, I mean, I, I will say, getting into the story itself, what I appreciate about the story is how like kind of new reader friendly it is. I mean, there's a couple of lingering plot threads, specifically around like Star Fox and his inclusion to the team, but it's mostly something you can just kind of jump right into, which I don't think is true. Of a lot of Avengers comics of this era, and shortly after this era, where they get mired in their own kind of crazy continuity that I think even the movies don't necessarily dare touch. Maybe we're headed in that that direction. I'll say for myself, like I, I read these issues for the first time a number of years ago. I think in prep for our our Stern season, and you know, lay whatever blame you want on us for not covering this during that season this seems as good a place as any to talk about it. Uh, and that season was, was pretty jam packed as it was. I, I appreciate it because I've tried to get into the Avengers many times over the years and just find a lot of its lore, almost like proto X-Men in terms of like, you know, confusing. And I, I just had fun jumping in this and it could just be that Spider-Man is my entry point And, If that's something you want to use to get on board, then like, uh, so be it. Like, I'm hoping to use this with, you know, as a springboard for myself to get back into the Avengers. You know, if my Spider-Man reading schedule ever clears up, these do feel like straight out of the Stern run. You know, like this could just be a side story from, from that title.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but doesn't even like the omnibus for S- Stern's ASM contain these issues or, or, or are there collections? I feel like I've seen these issues part of coll- Roger Stern's Spider-Man collections because they really do feel just naturally a part of his ASM run.
0: I feel it's I, I, I'm trying to remember it's something like that, like either they're included in. The uh, Amazing Spider-Man omnibus, or they're not included in the Avengers omnibus for whatever reason. I remember there being something funky about how these are collected, these particular issues.
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll just uh, to, not to push back, but just I I've read a lot of Avengers from this era and and, and pre and prior, and I I definitely agree with you. Um, I don't necessarily find it. As challenging to keep up a say, like X Men. Like, I mean, you know, I, you know, I am, I am challenged to find an entry point into X Men once you kind of get past like Burn and Claremont uh, and that run. There, it's just like, okay, I mean, you know, like these Ramita issues look cool, but I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> or, <laughs> it is amazing to me going back and rereading these stories, just how like kind of not part of Avengers they feel, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, like, I, like, I, I almost wondered did, did Stern mean to include this in ASM and they said no. Or, I mean, like you said, outside of like the Star Fox kind of stuff that they were referencing uh, early on, which is out there and weird. I mean, Star Fox for the uninitiated, he's what the, is he the full brother of Thanos or the half brother of Thanos? I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird, I
0: think he's the full brother, but I could be wrong. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, get get your cosmicology degree in uh in in uh you know Thanos lineage but yeah i mean and and his superpower is like seducing people which is like uh, you know but you know he's going to be he's going to be played by what's his face in the MCU right um I, the, the the Harry
0: music- Styles Yeah
1: you know that's <laughs> my- if, if we ever <laughs> if we ever
0: see that that plot line ever revisited yeah. in, in the future right. who's to say at this true, point True true um, i mean you know I I don't know if I would go that far that I feel like you could slap Amazing Spider-Man on this and get away with it. It is very Spider-Man-centric, you know? And there's a number of, like, big moments for Spidey throughout these things. Suffice to say, like, let's get into the the issues themselves. Roger Stern, obviously writing these. Al Milgram on art, which, uh, you know, again, just a a classic uh, Marvel artist, but, like, he gets Spider-Man... Straight away, like this is the guy you have been reading an Amazing Spider-Man. He bounces around the page. He's got that kind of cocky, you know, attitude about him. I think the most like iconic image to come out of this, it's probably the opening splash of uh, 236 of the Avengers. See, something is blowing up. Someone's broken into the mansion and they all run into the dining room and there is Spider-Man in a web hammock. Slung over, all casual like. Like, who are you expecting? Right. You know, it's me, Spider Man. Uh, it's a
1: really funny page. A lot of texts I I noticed on recent reread of this. I was like, wow, like start is like really just like writing, 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 writing. It's like, I want to be an Avenger. It's like, oh, my goodness. Like, you know, like, 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 you know, I feel like use a use a pen sideshow, Bob. I mean, like, it's just like so much anyway. But that's
0: the key thing to say is the title of this issue is I want to be an Avenger, which is like. In giant bold cartoon lettering and you know we come to find out Spider-Man is looking for some money he's got to pay off his grad school loans and Aunt May is dead and yada 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 and he's expecting to get a whopping $1,000 a week. From his Avengers pay. I mean, what are you going to do? The mid-80s? I mean, you uh, know, money I, mean, that's, traveled further. I say
1: that's big money for the 80s, you know, like for, for a superhero of Spider-Man's ilk, for sure. I mean, and yeah, you, you referenced the problems. I also like that it, it threw a little nod into the whole black cat being in the hospital thing from Doc Ock in the Owl Octopus Wars. So again, OK, I mean, I won't I, I won't concede. What I said earlier, like, oh, this was just a Spider-Man comic. They made an Avengers comic. No, no, it is an Avengers comic. But like Stern is like really putting the work in, I think, far more like like not 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 to jump around in conversation here. But like, I don't think today you would see this much work of trying to tie in. Spider-Man's continuity if he was guest starred in another character's book. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, do you, do you- do, you, do you really want me to comment on that? Because like,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, like, that is true of the Marvel offices, but I don't know that it's an indication of any particular title strengths or weaknesses. The Marvel Universe just doesn't feel this coherent. No, no, uh, you know. Or, I, well, I agree, but like, anymore. I, I, yeah. you know,
1: that's a great point. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's indicative. It's not just a Spider-Man issue. It's just a, it's a Marvel issue. But like, I mean, what a time for, for you know, like to pick up a book, you know, to see like on the newsstand, like, oh, Avengers, oh, Spider-Man's in it. Maybe I'll, I'll check it out and like feel very at home reading it versus like now where it's like. I don't know. I, ha- I have to imagine if Spider-Man showed up in a comic like the same month that Miss Marvel died, it was probably like not a mention, you know, like who cares, you know, <laughs> like it's just it's just it just felt very like very, very grounded in, in the ASM and spectacular storylines going on. And, and it, like you said, it just leads to that both the entry point value to it, but also the standalone value of it. Like you really can just read these issues and be done with it.
0: I, I do think it's like kind of perfect timing too. Like, cause like just a few months later we would get secret wars and like, it's like, Oh, okay. Like Spider-Man and the Avengers are, are familiar with each other within, within recent. Although I guess most of these people on the Avengers roster didn't get you know, sent off to battle world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Star Fox didn't make the cut or, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe star wolf got there. Ooh. No, a bad, bad 64. <laughs> um.
1: In terms of what kind of drives the, the action here, like you said, Pete, Peter wants his money, you know, the, as, as he's there, the, you know, there's an emergency, uh, and the Avengers go to take off to go deal with a mission with the lava men. I, I, I will say like, I was kind of like, who are these guys? Whatever. And, <laughs> and, and Spidey, he, he stows away on the Quinjet and flies up with them. And then now here, here is something I will, I will make a note about. I, 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 uh, it's not in our notes here, Dan, but I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise you with a talking point here. This whole thing with like Spider-Man stowing on the Quinjet kind of like forcing himself upon the team actually felt very Dicko-ish to me in terms of like like whenever Spider-Man would just kind of like I, I always feel like when Spider-Man in, in the Silver Age was around other heroes like the Fantastic Four is like his his jerk meter was like up to like a hundred you know what i mean like because like it's a punk move to do that you know what i mean like what's 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 he what's he doing here like like you know it's like i want to be on the team all right well we got to do some stuff and then it's just like i have to just stow away on the jets i did find that to be an interesting choice from stern that that like he chose to kind of elevate spider-man's kind of (laughs) Unlikability <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on, on that whole Development? Uh, you know
0: you say Unlikability I, I think about like Youth because um, that's kind of Like the classic like thing You'd see in a movie where like The older hero is like You can't come you're too young this is Too dangerous and then the kid Hides away aboard whatever vehicle And pops out at the exact Inopportune moment and it's like I decided to, ha- to hang along you know that's kind of exactly what you get here, which is again to emphasize. I think that Spider-Man is like a good deal younger than the other uh, characters on on the team. I, I, I don't know that that that's the trope that I'm reminded of when when I when I saw that in the story here.
1: Yeah, youth is a good th- is is a good word for it because like I like that's the other thing that really comes through here. And you know, not, again, that's a sound like I'm waffling on on my own opinion here, but like. I also feel like at the same time, like the Avengers are really depicted as being kind of like, I mean, they're the they're the old farts at you know, they're they're you know, they're the ones not going to let Kevin Bacon dance at the school. You know what I mean? Like they're just like, you know, no, no, we don't like any of this Spider-Man. We don't want you being sarcastic. I mean, Captain America's freaking out. When Spider-Man's like instigating the Lava Men, like everything, like the Avengers just feel like so old and out of touch and kind of grumpy through this whole thing. And I guess like, you know, it's it, it elevates the humor of it. But like I was kind of like, they are still the heroes of this book here. And and you're, you're kind of rooting, you're rooting against them, too, because they're just being such, such cranks about the whole thing.
0: Oh, I mean, they are so deeply uncool in the shadow of Spider-Man. Like, it's amazing how, like, one guy can just show up and just make everybody else feel so conservative and old and boring. Like, I, I don't want to read about any of these characters. They're like wagging their finger at Spider-Man. Like, Oh, we don't solve crimes like that. Or like there can only be six members on our Avengers team. Like who cares? <laughs> like, like, like who, what rule book are you following? It's so lame. And like, really like, I mean, it's one of the reasons I've not really gotten into Avengers because like, it, it, even if you go back and read, you know, at the same time that Steve Dick or Steve, not Steve Dick, Stan Lee is writing, you know, amazing Spider-Man, you know, and the Avengers, the Avengers feels like so old school and boring, like, which is to say Spider-Man just so ahead of its time. And maybe it's just, like, they feel like DC characters, and then the real Marvel character showed up and is, like, the real fun part of the party.
1: Yeah, I I, I could see that. But, like, you still had someone like She-Hulk who was, you know, relatively – I mean, okay, it, it, it's pre – John Byrne, she hulk, which is I think what really started to kind of, you know, break the fourth wall and really play She's mostly just played up here for sex appeal,
0: right? Like she's like running around in a bath towel and Right,
1: yeah. Right. But I was gonna say, like, you know, the character I think would go on to be more fun in in the context of the Avengers, but still not there yet. I guess that's part of it too. It's like a lot of what's being introduced here, it just hasn't made its way through the comic stream yet in any way. Um but but yeah, man, like I'm just like like I said, yeah, I mean, saying that they're wagging their fingers, t- tisking, I still liked my, my Kevin Bacon footloose reference. I mean, like, I just, it's everything about this is like, they like put put a couple of like collars on them. Like they're a bunch of preachers. Like I, you know, every every metaphor you can come up with here. It's just not. The-
0: Sorry, Mark. I'm not Gen X. I, 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 I don't understand what Kev- Kevin
1: Bacon? Who is that? <laughs> I, well, I didn't know who Harry Styles was earlier. So, I mean, I guess we're even, <laughs> Kevin Bacon was Harry Styles. No, I no, not know. No at all any anything else from from the the first part of this um, comic that this two-parter that you wanted to note in terms of just observations or, or what have you
0: I like these comics I, I do think that the main plot is very forgettable like I don't think anybody's writing home but the lava men and you know it boils down to a lot of just kind of like generic superhero punchy punchy world save the world kind of stuff. Um, it's Spider-Man that really is the kind of spice here. And like, I, I mean, again, I, I, I think th- these are like solidly written comics. I would read almost any stern, amazing Spider-Man comic over this. I just think the vibe on that book is more fun than this. Spider-Man gets belittled himself, even though he's cooler than the Avengers. I <laughs> disagree. We're a Spider-Man show, but, you know, I was clearly we're unbiased about this. They like still treat him like, oh, hey, uh, you're going to be a trainee, you know, and Spider-Man knows well enough at the time, like that he's got enough, like, you know, history in the game. I like that he calls them out. He's like, hey, I was like saving the city before you guys even created the Avengers. And it's like, Yeah. Right. You tell them, Spider-Man, like you might've been 15, but like you could, you, you know, you're, you're still, you've been around long enough and he at least has somewhere with all to be like, you don't get to treat me like that.
1: Yep. Talking about the, the second issue a little bit, I, I, what I found to be funny and you know, we, we should have the Heinz brothers on to, to analyze this, but you know, in the, in the second issue of this story, we get um, some more villains introduced. It's it's this new quartet of you know super villains, kind of an imprompt uh, you know a, what do you call a spontaneous team, if you will. But two of the four members, it's it's Electro and Rhino, who are Spider-Man villains, and also uh, Blackout and Moonstone. But but Rhino and Electro, those are Spider-Man villains that Stern is using in an Avengers book with Spider-Man. So, I I mean, is it other people's <laughs> villains, his own? I, I mean, what is happening here, Dan? Because like didn't wasn't Roger Stern notorious for using other people's villains? I I don't know. It was very More
0: more Dicko villains have showed up in his Avengers run <laughs> than in his Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, like for for real. I mean, and and again, I don't know if like using these villains here. I mean, there there is an element of Spider-Man being like, "I know these guys, but like" I, I don't know like it, like you said it, it doesn't necessarily add anything to the punchy punchy you know reaction got to beat got to got to save the day kind of elements here like there's no like it's not like oh electro is just like Totally frying out everybody, but Spider Man has the secret sauce to Electro. I mean, we, we don't really get that sense, do you? I mean, or, or- the, the
0: funniest part about it is that Electro and Blackout have like almost identical costumes. It's just Blackout has like one lightning bolt <laughs> on his face, whereas Electro has like six you know, or five or whatever. Um, I think it's five. I, I find that funny. Like, do, it, do they have like some kind of like, like dick measuring contest? Like <laughs> I've got five lightning bolts. You've only got
1: one. Well, you know, you know, it's, it's clearly the number of lightning bolts in your, in your cow have, you know, affect your voltage. I don't know. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> is that a, it's, it's not what you do with your lightning bolt. It's how you use it. It's you not saying. how big it is. It's how <laughs> you use it. It's
0: right? so yeah, not the quantity. Yeah, yeah. It's the
1: quality. Mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know. We could we could do this all day, Dan. <laughs> it, it,
0: if and if there was a character to do that in front of Moonstone being here, I mean, like she's like you know, well, given like Bendis's depiction of her, she like slept with just about every other villain, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, under the cow yeah i mean it's a it's a it's a i mean it's an upgrade from the lava men you know like i'll say i'll say that yeah i was
1: gonna make a joke with moonstone like get get her bedpost next to like she Hulk's bedpost, right i mean it's just like see
0: who's got more oh, announcements yeah. i
1: don't know okay i'm sorry yeah, edit it yeah, out yeah. edit it All out right. it's,
0: uh, i don't know no Ooh. no we'll leave it in, leave it in.
1: <laughs> live with that one mark there we go Oh God, this is gonna be like the uh, the 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 baby joke. Anyway, oh God, <laughs> not
0: the baby joke.
1: <laughs> so moving on to Avengers fun here. It's it's a welcome change from the Lava Men for sure. Again, like it's just it's just driving action and 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 all of this is to demonstrate once again just the 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 difference of the personalities of Spider Man and 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 this Avengers team. You know, they save the day you kind of get the sense by the end of the story any that spider-man is like not even interested in doing this anymore anyway because it's just like ah you know like you know like i mean i i would be uninterested if i was spider-man and the way i was getting treated this entire two-parter like why do i want to hang out with these guys they suck <laughs> i mean like what what is happening here but then the punchline of course is that you know they're first they're like well we'll make you an, a trainee and he's like what what I, Trainee for what? Like what? Like I'm i I'm a superhero. Um, but then it's like the the government the government calls and they're just like, you you're even considering Spider Man? No, absolutely not. No, no, no. No circumstances can Spider Man be an Avenger. And and of course Spider Man points out the fact that. So wait, you trust an alien Star Fox who you know would turn out to be a, a poor choice on their part over me? I mean, it's 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 so. It's so absurd. And like, it does feel like the government is really just a stand
0: in for Marvel editorial, like piping in and going, ah, you can't do this, Roger Stern. Uh, You don't get to have your fun toy on the Avengers. And, you know, because like, I would love to ask Roger if that was something he wanted to do, because it does feel like he's like, ah, I can't get away with it, but I'm going to have my cake and eat it too. You know, by, by putting them on here, I did want to note, like, there's a great moment in the second issue where I forget if it's like a bomb that's about to blow up or whatever. Spider-Man has to deactivate this thing using his brain. And there's this great full page of like him, you know, uh, like maneuvering all these dials and using his brain to like figure it out with this great final panel of him, like throwing these levers forward in really dramatic fashion I think it's a great page to showcase that Spider-Man is not just, you know, punchy punchy or jokey jokey. There's an intellect there, which is, I guess kind of lacking on this Avengers lineup. I think that was really cool for him to do that. And it reminds me a lot of like the first issue of big time by Dan Slott, where the Avengers and Spider-Man team up to take down a threat. And it's only by thinking creatively that Spider-Man is able to solve it. And like, prove his worth amongst the big thinkers in the Marvel universe. And this moment echoed of that, you know, like, I mean, it preceded it by many years, but like, you know, I thought it was cool that Stern was able to showcase many aspects of the character within this two, two issue uh, story.
1: Yeah. And, and that, I I do appreciate that too. I'm glad you brought that scene up because like, that's kind of another one of my, my old man uh, cranky sticking points about, how Spider Man is often depicted today in other comics, which is you know, I I actually found this most I don't want to say offensive, but but annoying during um, Hickman's fan, you know FF run, where it's like I feel like Spider Man's intellect is just rarely pointed out and 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 leveraged in any kind of way in, in these comics. It's it's you know I I feel like a lot of creators when they're integrating Spider-Man into whether it's the Avengers or the Fantastic Four or or uh, other big event books, it's like, oh, we need another, we need another jokester. So let's, let's write some Deadpool-esque jokes for him. Or, you know, like we need, we need another, you know, youthful energy like Johnny Storm or something. But like,
0: you know, I, I or he's only here for the money, right? Like that was a big part of Hickman's Avengers run is like Spidey's there because we have cash, right you know? Right,
1: right which is just, you know, frustrating because yeah, I mean, obviously we're biased. We're a Spider-Man podcast, but like, you know, in addition to his his powers and abilities, I mean, like he's a smart guy and that's, you know, he's not Reed Richards smart, but he's a smart guy and he's probably smarter than your average superhero in terms of and, you know, uh, you know, how they're certainly of this of this cast. So I'm glad that Stern used that to kind of highlight that here. And it's and, and it's both his intellect, his intellect but also like his Spontaneity and adaptability I mean like those are always I think strong suits for Spider-Man You know you, you could talk about it, His spontaneity being impulsive You know and we do get that side of him here In this two-parter but like that certain That scene certainly kind of showed the other end of it That he can kind of think quick on his feet And do something spectacular to save the day he
0: does show up in this issue looking for money. Yes, so yes, it's <laughs> not entirely out of
1: character, right? Well, the the very first issue of Spider Man, right? He wants to be on the Fantastic Four to earn a stipend, and they're like, "Oh, we're we're uh, <laughs> we're a not for profit, bud." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it does come from somewhere, but but yeah, it, it, it's it's just good to kind of see that. Um, why don't we take a quick little interlude over to the Slack, if you don't mind? Hundreds of listeners like you hang out in our community of Spider-Man fans on Slack. The amazing Spider Slack community is absolutely free to join, and you could jump into active conversations with awesome people about collecting conventions, movies, new comics, old comics, and more. Dan, before you tell me what's been happening in the Slack this week, I just want to say that I got a new phone last week, and I was having the hardest time getting back into Slack just because of my settings on my phone. So, you know, I know... What's the difference, Mark? You're never on the Slack anyway. But no, I really was. I was trying to get on the Slack and couldn't initially. So, so <laughs> my absence was was unintentional uh, this time. So, anyway, with that said, we we missed you extra hard. Oh, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. I was like, I, when I finally got in, I was like responding to things from like Wednesday because I was like, oh, I would have talked about that. But whatever. Anyway, so what what else is happening in the Slack this weekend? You
0: know, the funny thing is, uh, you must have been missing from a lot of things because you texted me the day after the announcement of the new comic Spectacular Spider-Man. Like, can you believe it? And I was like, yeah, I I could believe it 24 (laughs) hours ago. (laughs) Yeah, the Slack, we've been all very excited about the announcement this week of Spectacular Spider-Man, which came at a time to make me look pretty cool because I sent out a random tweet, thread, whatever you want to call it, I'm now really officially off Twitter after Elon Musk's anti-Semitic comment. Uh, I had tweeted or X'd or whatever, or skeeted if, if you're on uh, Blue Sky, uh, or or what is it, tooted if you're on Mastodon? Uh, anyway, uh, about, like, why why is Marvel, like, going out of their way to not release, a, like, a Spider-Man book? You know, like, it just makes too much sense. And the fact that they, like, very rarely allow Miles and Peter to cross over into each other's titles, you know, like, I can count on my my fingers how many stories have included Peter and Miles together. And I just was like, this is such a no-brainer, like, direction to take... Like, any writer should go in and pitch for Amazing Spider-Man and say, I want to do Amazing Spider-Man about Peter and a mentor role with Miles. Like, it just writes itself. It's so obvious, and we see it in the movies, we see it in the video games. It's like, where is this book, was my post. And then, what, four days later, three days later, it was like, here it is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people remembered my you know, like my, the tweet got a lot of attention, I remembered my tweet and responded to me like I thought of you immediately when I saw this. It like they were joking, like, oh, Marvel threw a solicit together just to respond to your tweet. And it's like, no, oh, they've been working on this for months. I, I obviously had no idea. Like if you're one of those people that's like, oh, Dan probably knew and and was just saying that so he would look smart. I had no idea.
1: Are people saying that? Because that's insane.
0: Yeah, literally. yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Oh, already. my God. Yeah. We
1: do not have – maybe maybe you have access to the web of life and you're going to be in the new Man of Web movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I have no inside knowledge of the comics more than like anybody listening to this show, save for one or two things that Mark and I can't talk about. So anyway, Mark, what was your reaction to I mean, obviously, I was thrilled about this. I think it's a cool creative team, uh, you know, between like Weissman, who did the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon show. I don't know how into comics he is, but like dudes clearly got a handle on Spider-Man and Ramos, who could draw, like I said, a bar of soap. And I think it would be amazing. What do you think about this? Well, well,
1: I mean, just to add to what you just said there, I mean, Weissman not only does he have a handle on Spider Man, but he's got a handle on Young Spider Man. So, like, I'd be very curious to kind of see like the the two the the mentorship between him and Miles there. Now, I I think this is great. I mean, like, I I. I am one of the people who gave your initial sweet attention because when I saw it I was like yeah why isn't that now I don't have a PlayStation 5 or 4 or 3 or I mean I got rid of my two years ago point being is I don't have the Sony games um so all my pop culture register is of course the Into the Spider-Verse movies and that franchise but even regardless of that like I for one, I love we, we talked about this in our web of episode last time out. I love the concept of a Spider-Man team book. I think, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it in our next segment too, about Spider-Man on Teams. But the thing is, like I think in the context of like a, a guest star or even just a consistent partnership, I think Spider-Man works really well there. Um, you know, even like I didn't love how Spider Man Deadpool kind of devolved into something towards the end having to do with one more day. Allegedly, um, but like, I, I, I still enjoyed that book generally in the beginning. So I, I was very excited to hear about this. I, I, I think there's a lot of potential to unlock here. And even if Marvel doesn't end up going like full send in, in terms of analyzing that relationship and exploring it. Like, again, like, it's just a, I love team up books. I think this is going to be a lot of fun either way. um, Love Ramos's art. So I'm very excited for this book. Like this is, this is a, a a very enthusiastic day one buy for me. It just
0: seems increasingly silly that this book didn't exist. You know, you've got like Peter hanging out with Spider-Boy in the pages of like Superior Spider-Man right now. And it's like why has he never mentored Miles in the comics? You know, like, uh, I and mean, then like, and every problem that Miles gets in with Carnage or the Hobgoblin, it's like, where is Peter in all of this? It makes Peter seem deeply irresponsible. And it, again, we'll have this conversation, I'm sure, many more times as our show launch goes into the future. This idea of arresting Peter's youth and making him young makes zero sense as you continue to build out the world of Spider-Man and give all of Peter's supporting cast superpowers and like you can't avoid responsibility with the Spider-Man character and you know like the more the more you do avoid it the more you make see, him seem irresponsible and then you're really like not living up to the brand of Spider-Man so Mark and I are gonna have more to say on this I'm sure uh we're writing a Substack piece about it so plug plug for our Substack. This is all to say these kind of conversations are breaking out in the Slack and being done so respectfully. And look, if you're one of these people like me that is getting off of these like really ugly social media platforms, the Slack remains completely non-toxic and lovely. So come join in the fun. Hopefully, Mark will get his phone figured out like the old boomer that he is, and uh, he'll come back to the Slack. There's a link in the description to this episode. It'll let you sign up in less than a minute. Come join our web of life and destiny.
1: Dan, now that we're we're back here, let's talk about Spider-Man the Avenger. I mean, obviously, the storyline is, I want to be an Avenger. It ends with him not getting on the Avengers. They certainly took you on some semblance of a journey to get to that conclusion. I feel like when we backtrack to those those Silver Age stories of like ASM Annual Three and, and Avengers Eleven, it, 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 it's the depiction is more that like Spider Man can't be on a team because he's he's kind of this this lone wolf, this outcast. He doesn't get along with anyone you know it's it's just not in his dna to do it i think in the silver age context that kind of works obviously by this point in 1983 you know marvel team up had been running for quite some time we are f- a few months out from Spider-Man is showing up in secret wars and fighting on, you know, the good guy team for lack of a better phrase. Was there anything about this story and this time and this context that you think kind of changes the general feel of, does he belong in this context? Does he, I don't know. Like, like it certainly feels a lot different than it did in the silver age, but I don't know if this story, yeah, I think the story kind of presents a whole other slate of issues of why Spider-Man doesn't work as an Avenger, but I'm curious what your thoughts are.
0: Well, I mean, I think even just months after this, you'd see Spider-Man joining the good guy team, so to speak, in 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 Secret Wars and like beating up the X-Men. You know what I mean? Like he's not really a good team player. I think, you know, the difference between here and the 60s is Spider-Man is like begun to punch in a greater, bigger weight class than he did in the 60s. You know, like in Roger Stern's books, he's taking on like Thunderball and Juggernaut and like Avengers villains, uh, all the various ghosts of apes and and things like that.
1: I mean, he did he did take out Thanos uh, a few years earlier in that classic, uh, you know, storyline that
0: uh, <laughs> you can't live without. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mar, um, was it two in one annual number yeah, two?
1: And, and that that was the first part of that was in an Avengers annual, Dan. But anyway, I digress. <laughs>
0: yeah. So. Um, You know, I I do think there's a like in the mid 80s, there is a good case to be made of like Spider-Man is like basically getting to the age of the Avengers in their founding, you know, uh, era. And like, uh, honestly, I think, you know, when he tried out in the 60s, he kind of like didn't get on the team due to a technicality and also kind of like a moral statement. Right. He found out the truth about the Hulk in a way that the Avengers weren't willing to recognize. And that like kind of made him question his, you know, moral values about whether or not the team was right for him. And in Avengers 11, he proves his worth by saving the Avengers. And, you know, here too, it seems like they're willing to accept him, but then the government's like, oh, you know, in the same way that he can't make money as Spider-Man because, you know, you can't write Spider-Man on a check and cash it. It's like, we don't know who this guy is, so therefore he shouldn't be on the Avengers team. And, you know, uh, you know and it's kind of a prelude to where we get to eventually, which is it truly does take Spider-Man unmasking and revealing more about himself to be accepted by that community in, in some regard.
1: I mean, what do you think about this concept that comes up a lot in this story and obviously previous stories that Spider-Man can't work well with others. Like I, I, I I don't know. Like I, I, I I struggle with that because I feel like that's a, that's a convenient plot point that's brought up to kind of tell, not show inherent to the character. Like you said, is, is, is responsibility. Like if he needs to cooperate, he's, he's going to co I don't know. Like I, 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 I sometimes have a hard time reconciling that when, that when, storylines make such a plot point out of it you know like oh you know he he's just not going to listen and follow i mean that was the whole thing of why you're you're only going to be in training because you just don't follow orders and it's like says who i i don't know like i i I find that kind of silly aren't they
0: aware of marvel's publishing schedule there's a whole marvel team-up book starring spider i know right (laughs) clearly he can do it although i guess most of those stories start with him like a misunderstanding between him and You know, maybe word got around. This guy is like, you know, bad on first impression. (laughs) I I don't know. Yeah, it it does seem like like uh, they're protesting a bit much. It's like, uh, no, we really need to make a point about why this isn't working when like anybody else doing those actions, they would be like, whatever.
1: You know, yeah. Um, I mean, like, look, I, I could see you making a, a point out of the fact that, you know, he's con- he's too impulsive. He's he, you know, he's too sarcastic. He, you know, the personality is great. I mean, you know, I, I, I do feel like out of all of the, the things that. I shockingly kind of like about his characterization in, in the context of other Marvel heroes now is the fact that he's just kind of annoying sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, like I, like, like that works, you know, like I, I feel like the movies with Tom Holland did that really well with the others where he just kind of annoys people. Cause he doesn't, he just runs his mouth and doesn't understand the, you know, maybe has some poor socialization skills or something. You know what I mean? Like, so that makes sense to me, but like, I don't know. I, like I, I have a hard time feeling like thinking, you know. and Obviously, I'm, these are all fictional characters, and they can do whatever the, the the creators make them do. But like, I just have a hard time thinking like if the chips are down, and you know, Spider Man had to kind of, you know, fall in line that he wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, what is he going to say? No, Captain America, take his shield and smash him in the head with it, and then like get evaporated evaporated by Doctor Doom. I don't know. Like, I just don't see that happening. So. <laughs>
0: We're going to definitely talk about the new Avengers as we progress into the aughts with this uh, series of, of seasons that you and I are doing and we can talk about it then, but like Ben just really leans into the annoying Spider-Man thing. And I I find it very funny, but I do think there is a lot of like room to explore there that is yet to be explored. Like why, like, why is Peter not, why does Peter not display this kind of behavior like he i get that he like as spider-man with villains he's a motor mouth you know as a sort of like tactic or just even out of nerves but like maybe there is an issue that needs to like get under why spider-man is so nervous around other avengers enough to to be such an annoyance um in a way that he's not as as peter parker but yeah i mean most of the time i read things like this and like It feels like there's no good reason that he couldn't be an Avenger other than like a misunderstanding or, yeah, his impetuousness. But even that feels like a construct. I mean, he does rush into things like this, you know, swinging, like without using his head very often sometimes. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, look i'll say it here and i'll repeat it in a couple seasons which is like i think his inclusion in the new avengers is really awesome and like a really fitting place for spider-man especially in that status quo where the avengers were kind of like operating out of someone's basement i think spider-man as an avenger is fine I, i it's really not one of those aspects of his character that i like cling to very like heavily is that he shouldn't be an avenger
1: I mean I've probably frankly have softened on it over the years. I know I used to be a very big evangelist about no, we he cannot, you know, and, and I I think it's more for me it's more about like if you're gonna use him in this context then I want I, I kinda wanna see him used right, if that makes and I and I wanna see his abilities get played right, you know, like I said earlier, like why don't we explore more of his intellect? And why don't we explore more of how his power set complements the other heroes, and and I feel like we get that to some degree here, uh, which actually makes the um, the ending where it's just like no, uh, because we said so. It just feels kind of like ugh, all right, fine, then we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna just keep circling this drain for a little bit. So I I have no problem like with
0: him being on the Avengers, but my preference is that he not be. And I've yet to see a book really like lay out a like really solid reasoning for why not. And that's why I thought like it was so exciting during superior that era that like they could see him as a villain and really grow to distrust Spider-Man and ultimately really nothing was done with that. That had a lot of rich potential to like restore Spider-Man to truly being this like untrustable vigilante. Uh, you know i i feel like that was a real missed opportunity to like finally put like a really solid reasoning for this uh in place
1: all right well that's avengers 236 to 237 you yeah. know it's two issues not a ton of plot but we wanted to talk about it and maybe we should have talked about it last season, Dan, but we talked about this season. So there you go. Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: All right. Well, Mark, uh, you know, all all good things come in time and, but uh, unfortunately also with time means we got to say goodbye.
1: Yeah. Well, like you said, Dan, it's that time, 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 time. I I feel like I'm talking to Kang here time for all good things to come to an end. So we want to say thank you to you, the listeners and viewers for tuning into this episode of the amazing spider talk.
0: Yeah, and this podcast exists because of our listener support on Patreon. So, thank you, listeners, for supporting us. For only $3.99 a month, you can help support our show's existence while getting early episodes, including new Amazing Spider Man reviews the same week that they release in stores, exclusive artwork just for our patrons, and a ton of other bonuses. So a thank you again to everyone who's already supports us in the work that we do. And a special thanks to our newest contributor, Austin Kemprowski, who I believe re-upped his membership. So welcome back, Austin.
1: Great. Thanks, Austin. Uh, to download our earliest episodes, including interviews with legendary creators like J.M. DeMatteis, Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends, Mark Bagley, David Michelinie, and more. Subscribe to our amazing Spider Talk Back Issues podcast on Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to check out our bi-weekly newsletter covering all things Spider-Man that we didn't have time to discuss on the podcast by going to amazingspider.substack.com and subscribing. I mean, hey, we kind of touched on some of that stuff today anyway, Dan, but, but, but there's even more in the substack, So go there and read it there.
0: Well, this podcast was edited by Rick Coast The video version of our show is available on YouTube And was edited by Alex Galucki. Our artwork comes handcrafted by artists Ron Friend, Sal Buscema, and Nick Cagnetti Our theme songs were produced by Ryland Bojack, Tony Thaxton, and spider Madge, And our animated intro was created and performed by Josh Sutton So, Mark, until both of our wives are romanced by Star Fox And his secret powers, what could they be? What's our motto? Ooh,
1: with great podcasts there must also come the amazing spider talk don't, don't miss the next...